You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Welcome to the Week Ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. Uh, We have several uh, wrap-up type things that we want to talk about today because this is our last podcast of 2017. And the first thing is that we would like your help in picking some new uh, intro music for this very podcast that you're listening to. (laughs) Now, you got (laughs) to... That's that's kind of... That that makes it sound like it's this... uh, yeah, I think you got to give them the backstory, or you want me to give them the backstory yeah. on this. Well, uh, the short version is that at our, I think it was our June staff meeting, yeah. we were just discussing like long term things, uh, and we were looking at our backlog of big ideas. And one of the uh, ideas that someone, uh, I don't know who, had jotted oh, down I, was I, to. I do, I do. Go, keep going, yeah, though. I'll think- get your version of the story. <laughs> Someone had jotted down, potentially revamp the podcast intro music as, as a task that we might take on this year. And then Kia jumped in and said, yeah, I think that music is kind of outdated. And then Chuck jumped in and said, yeah, I wrote that music. So thanks, guys. So, so here's how I remember it. And we all it. felt horrible about it. Here, here's how I remember it. I remember us talking about... <laughs> you know, the, the, the podcast talking about things. And one of the things that came up and I, I, I attribute this to you, but you, you maybe have changed this. Maybe it wasn't, maybe no, I'm just I think it was projecting. Me. I think it was me, but said, you know, our podcast intro music is kind of lame. Um, I think we should get different music. I think we should get something that sounds better. And then everybody jumps in and is like, yeah, that music totally sucks. It sounds like way nineties. It sounds, uh, it's so dated. It's just dumb. Um, I remember it being just like this pile on of people like, oh, I've been waiting for someone to say that because it's horrible music. I've just, I've just not been. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, like I I wrote that song. Like I put that together. Like, and I remember what happened was you guys said, like, where'd you get the copyright to that? Did we have to pay for the copyright to that song? And I'm like, of course not. Cause I, I did it. I put it together. (laughs) Uh, And then there's just this silence in the room. Like, Oh, (laughs) feel horrible about it. Uh, It's okay. I'm old. I'm, I'm make it like, 10 years ago. I'm sure even your musical tastes have changed in 10 years. Yeah, but I no, mean, it, it's, it's timeless. Still the best I think ever. it's timeless. No, okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I, you know, uh, I am a little bit older than you and, uh, and some of the others here. And, uh, I do have a different like reference point for, for music for me. And, and I'm, uh, you know, I am, I am kind of, a. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I was going to do music for a career. Like that's what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. this whole, this mm-hmm. whole, uh, taking life too seriously thing, uh, derailed it and, uh, got me into music or got me into engineering and what have you. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. my, my, my calling was music. It's really what I wanted to do. Um, my goal with the intro music and none, I don't think you guys complained about the out music. Um, just the intro music. 
Maybe you complain about well, the that does need an too. update too because of all those like voices. But anyway, that's a yeah, thing. yeah. But the out music. Um, anyway, uh, I get more people who request. Like I've had people request the out music. Like they want the, uh, you know, give me a give me a the version track. that. Yeah, like like what song does wow, this come okay. from? I really want to know. And I'm like, well, I made that up too. So it doesn't <laughs> I just recorded, you know, I just made it like a short segment. Anyway, um so the uh the um the idea for the intro music, I wanted to do something that was uh a little um uh Seinfeldish. Like uh would have the the punchy bass line. Definitely has that. Yep. I want to have Funky. something with a punchy bass line. And then, and I like the, uh, you know, I like how the drums kind of mix it up. And then, you know, I wanted something to end on that little, uh, the bass lift at the end, uh, which would, which it does. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so then I just added like the wah wah guitar in it. And I thought, okay, this is, this is perfect. Um, I love it. I actually turned it up really loud and I'm like, oh, I, I, I think this music is great. And now all of you. <laughs> hate it so so here's what i suggested we do i suggested that we uh you know we put this to to listeners i think that they should they're vested in this whole thing um you know mm -hmm. they they're part of this i think what we should do is i think we should upload the the current you know the current song uh and then whatever like two or three or four other alternatives that they people would have I think we should put those all on a site and I think we should allow people to, to listen to them and then vote for which one they think should be. I think you set that up already, except you probably didn't put the original one in. Did you? I did not, but I will, no. I will fix that. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. So what we would like you guys to do, I will, I will now play our three uh, options for new music and then if you head to strongtowns.org slash survey, there is a really easy form to fill out where you can vote for whichever one you think would be best um, or vote to keep our old music. So here's option one. I think that that is the best one of the three option one of the, of the new ones that you've got. And it's no way as good as the one that I, that we use now. So anyway, go ahead. You play option two. That's fine. Okay. Here's option two. I think option two is fine. It's a nice little song. It doesn't get me in the mood to want to do strong towns though, but I don't know. Go ahead. Option three. You can do it. Okay. Here's option three. If you can head to strongtowns.org slash survey, cast your votes and we will go with whichever one gets the most votes and hopefully we'll have enough uh, critical mass of voting within the next week or two. And I'll get that all ready to roll in 2018. So thank you for your input. And we're, we're committed now to going through whatever the highest vote getter is, right? That's what we've said. Oh yeah. Let me, let me just say that this is, let's just clarify too. This is only for the week ahead podcast. Um, 
the yes. regular strong towns podcast where we um where we do other things uh we're gonna stay with the original music i i think i don't think there's an uprising on that one yet um we're just talking yeah. about the week ahead okay I'm good with that. And if you, you know, if we change the music here, that's not the worst thing. So I'm open to it. We got to modernize. We can't just be old fuddy duddies or, you know, I mean, at least I didn't pick like some Lawrence Welk or something like that. I mean, I made a, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not even like, I, I, I'm a guy of the nineties. I didn't even watch Seinfeld. I mean, I've seen like five Seinfeld episodes yeah. in my life even though that was the era I grew up in, I was just never like a TV watcher. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, watch a lot of twins games, but that was then in Chicago bulls basketball really at that time. But, uh, but I did like the Seinfeld music and I just thought it was cool how they would use it as a transition between different, you know, different scenes and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was the vibe, but, uh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe we just need to get with the modern times, you know, the kids today, they, they got different things they like and I get it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll see how everyone votes. Strongtowns.org slash survey. We will collect your opinions. Excellent. So Chuck, let's hear really briefly how your events in Florida this week went. You're in Pensacola and Panama city. Yeah. Well, Pensacola, um, I had an opportunity to go back there, uh, for, uh, to, to work with the local hospital on some things. And, uh, we usually don't do that. Um, but we did in this situation cause I really wanted to get back to Pensacola. We had a great, uh, first time there and, uh, there were a lot of, a, a lot of people from Pensacola, friending me on Facebook and now reading our stuff and being part of our conversation. And I just wanted to get back there and be able to do like a follow-up to the curbside chat, which we did. I did some of the neighborhood first conversation. Here's how you make capital investments to, to grow a neighborhood stronger. And, um, it went mm -hmm. really well. I mean, we had over a hundred people there, um, great questions, lots of enthusiasm. Um, it, it went, it went really well. And I just, I'm, I'm really high on Pensacola. I mean, I, I think they have a lot of the ingredients that you would need to have to really make a, a, a shift in mindset. They also have this triumph mm -hmm. money, this pot of money from the BP oil spill that they have to spend. And I think that that is kind of focusing or giving an urgency to this conversation that is kind of unique to, uh, to Pensacola. Panama City, which is, uh, I mean, it took me five hours to get there, but it's not that far by car. I, I took the long way and uh, stopped in Seaside and, uh, you know, just did my own thing there for a little bit just to, because I hadn't been to that part of the country before. Uh, but Panama City is further east along the Gulf Coast, and they had called and mm -hmm. wanted a similar conversation. And I, I wasn't sure how it would go. I wasn't sure if we'd be able to pull it off because we had like two weeks to put it all together. Uh, would they be able to get more than five people to show up? Uh, we had 85 people there and pretty full room. Awesome. And yeah, and really, um, they seem really enthusiastic. They were, they were incredibly enthusiastic. And again, asked really good questions. They're struggling with uh, some large development proposals and how those fit in with their vision of what they want to be as a community and, and what makes sense financially. 
it's, it's amazing because they're on the Gulf and they have this amazing resource and you would think that they would just be a really rich city because of where they're located. Um, but they have the same struggles we do. They have the same struggles every place Mm -hmm. does. And, um, you know, coming to grips with that is really tough. So it's, it was good to be there and it was good to share the message with them. And I, I mean, I've been home, uh, not even 24 hours yet and we've gotten lots and lots of feedback. So yeah, those, those events were a really nice way to end the year. And I will now have like five weeks off with no travel. And, um, I'm looking forward to that too. That's good. You deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I deserve it, but I certainly will value it as if I did deserve it. (laughs) As part of our end of year wrap up, we always run our best articles from the year on our website. We rerun those. And I also put together uh, this week, a list of our best podcasts and I didn't want to like republish that on the podcast because that just seemed unnecessary. But I do want to tell you guys um, the list we came up with together. Um, This is based on part, uh, you know, personal opinion of our staff, but also uh, just what podcasts we got really good feedback on and continued to hear referenced after long after they were published. So here's the list and I'll include links to this as well in the show notes. Um, so the first one that I wanted to highlight is Richard Florida and the new urban crisis. Um, his book came out this year and I think it was, it was pretty cool to be able to talk to him. And he's someone that has had a lot of, um, changes in his thinking as, you know, a major figure in urbanism. So, um, it was great to have him on the podcast. He was, he was very gracious too, you know, and he's been someone that I've read for a long time. And I'm actually, I mean, I know a lot of people, there's kind of like a side industry of ripping on Richard Florida. I actually really like him. Yeah. I, Anyone that gets big enough is going to have people criticize. That's him, probably right? true. That's probably true. Um, maybe someday we'll have that, right? <laughs> people who. <laughs> we already get criticism sometimes. I oh, wouldn't say there's an bit. industry in ripping on strong towns yet, but. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> But uh, I, he was really gracious and off the line too. He was great. And he said some nice things about strong towns on the air. And I, I just, I, 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 that was one of those things where like, I, I, I was not sure, uh, you know, how the interaction would go and boy, what a, what a classy guy. I mean, really nice. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy that that one's on the list. Cause I enjoyed that one a lot. The next one that I thought, is worthy of being on this list is maybe one that people, um, didn't, I'm not sure if everybody listened to it. It was sort of a little bit off the beaten path, but it was my personal favorite. So I put it on the list. Um, this was a conversation with Grace Potts and Elias. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Elias Krim. Krim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, they both write and edit a group blog called Solidarity Hall. So that's kind of why they were on together. And it was just a fascinating conversation. If you, enjoyed i think maybe maybe this is correct in more in the old days of strong towns when it was just chuck there would be more podcasts that were taking you know philosophical or um religiously tinged kind of side paths away from like the the very focused um you know town finance issues and I find those to be really interesting. Of course, there are many connections with Strong Towns issues. We're not going to run a podcast that's not directly connected. But this was one of those conversations that touched on, you know, philosophy and um, how to build resilient communities, religion, social progress. I thought it was fascinating and um, 
really two very interesting people. So well, and they had I been pushing that podcast this year. Yeah. They had been pushing me to do this. Right. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, ba- basically the, the backstory on that one was, I, I mean, I know both of these two, I, I love them. They're, they're great people. Uh, they've been with mm-hmm. us for a long time. I mean, w- w- really since like 2009 or 10, since the very early, early days, they've been readers and part of this audience. And, uh, you know, I, I, part of it was Chuck, um, you're just missing something. Um, you know, you're, you're, I think even the quote was you're going up to the edge and you're not crossing over the, the, the bridge, you know, you're going up to it and you're not, you're not, you're not getting across and we want to help you get across. And I, there was a little bit of, um, you know, let me, let me tell you what you're missing, Chuck. And I actually really appreciated it. I I think that's what, I think that's what friends are for. And, uh, especially, you know, I'm blessed with having, thoughtful, intelligent friends. And, uh, I, I agree. I thought it was a great podcast. Um, the next one on the list was our conversation with Pete Saunders from the summer. And speaking of pushing you to do a podcast, this is one that I pushed you to do. Um, because I knew that you guys would get along, even though I, I don't think you, you guys really knew each other before this podcast. Um, he has a strong passion for baseball. Uh, so <laughs> I immediately knew you guys would hit it off. And I think, uh, that happened and, He's a fascinating, fascinating person. He is. I read some of his stuff before and I, I liked it. I appreciated it, but he's not, um, he's not like a prolific writer. So, you know, he, his stuff comes out every couple of weeks yeah. and, and I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was very good. Um, my gosh. Yeah. I like him a lot. Um, we just had a natural mm-hmm. back and forth and, uh, he was very easy to talk to. And again, really smart guy. I mean, grasp some things that I don't. And I felt like I learned a lot from him too. So yeah, I, I hope to have him on again. I, th- I thought he was just fantastic. The next podcast on the list was your conversation with Chris Arnotti, um, who is somewhat of a controversial figure, I think, but he writes for the guardian and sometimes writes his own essays, just uh, published on medium and also takes beautiful photographs of just kind of chronicling, um, poverty and addiction across America, especially in small towns. Um, so that was, that was one of the most important podcasts, I think from the year. If, if he's controversial, it's in a way that I'm not plugged into. Um, I don't know what, I, I mean, you have to explain that to me. I, I, it's probably true, but I'm not. He just, he used to have these like really contentious debates with people on Twitter okay. and he's actually for the last several months, he just completely like logged off of Twitter yeah. and was like, I'm done with this, which I think, you know, I respect him yeah. for that. Well, he's working um, on a book but yeah, that, that's too. Yeah. what I mean. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Cause I, 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 that yes. was, that was one of these conversations where I thought, if you would ask me what I thought the most, the best podcast of the year was, or the most important podcast, I would have put that one. Um, yeah. Just because I thought his story was in, was really compelling. A, B, mm-hmm. I thought that his insights were so genuine in a way that, um, you know, and and here I'll just make half our audience mad. I'm not one who is plugged in in a positive way to our national dialogue on social justice. I, I, I struggle with it. And I've acknowledged that here before. Um, I thought that his, uh, you know, his take largely um, encompasses that conversation, but I thought it was honest, mm-hmm. and genuine and sincere and, and, and really insightful in a way that our standard dialogue on social justice just seems to me to not be. 
So I, I value yeah. that. And then the other part of it is, is when I asked him, like, what are some of the things we need to do? Um, the things mm-hmm. he said that we needed to do were exactly in the wheelhouse. I mean, I, I, I did not know what I was going to get when I asked him that. I mean, I really, we hadn't like talked about it ahead of time. I did not, I did not know him real well. I mean, just from his writing, I did not know what he'd say. Yeah. And I thought his recommendations were beautiful. I thought they were right on. I, I thought they were, um, they were affirming to me in a way that, uh, you know, at the end of, what was in sometimes a, a painful conversation, uh, they really gave me a lot of hope. Um, so I, yeah, I, I thought that that was uh, to me, that's the one conversation that I've had this year that has stuck with me. And it's, it's one that, um, I'll be laying in bed at night yeah. ready to fall asleep. And, and I'll think about some of the things that him and I talked about. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that was the most powerful one. He's someone who fits I would say like kind of a classic mode of many people who were drawn to or who are drawn to us at Strong Towns, which is like, he doesn't fit a mold. He has a PhD in particle physics. Then he worked as a bond trader. And now he's like a photojournalist traveling to small towns in America, like totally a person that you could not put in any mold. I don't know how he identifies politically, um, but he certainly doesn't like check standard political boxes from hearing um, your conversation with him. So, right. Yeah, a very nuanced person. Yeah. Uh, the next podcast on the list was your conversation with Catherine Austin Fitz, um, who is the founder of the Solari Report. Um, this one surprised me by how many people talked about it afterwards. Like, we got so much feedback of people who just loved that that conversation, found it interesting, and continued to reference it um, in articles in conversations that happened later in the year. And, and not only um, people who commented that they liked it. I mean, we got a lot of new people coming in because of that one. Um, she kind of has a, a she kind of has a, an audience tale with her that she brought with. Yeah. But, um, you know, a, a lot of our longtime uh, listeners, people that we, you know, hear from regularly said that was a great podcast. So, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that signaled to me that, uh, that conversation was worthwhile. And, and I was on her podcast earlier this year too. And, and that was great. I think she had the same yeah. kind of effect. Um, I mean, she's told me that she said, you know, we had you on and, and all these people got in a hold of us and said, wow. So, uh, I think her and I have, have more conversation to do. We've, we've kept in touch since and actually did a video, uh, chat here a while ago, just privately. Um, so yeah, she's an interesting person and I, I hope to, uh, I hope to continue that conversation next year. And the last podcast that I, uh, this is one that I picked, uh, was a conversation that I had with our very own Kia Wilson. Um, because I found it personally really enlightening. I mean, she just talked about how she has this really intentional, um, life philosophy around her finances and, being frugal, saving, and being developing a, a personally resilient household. And this was part of a larger conversation that we had on our website this year about household resilience. So um, check that podcast out. I, I learned a lot from it personally. Yeah. So, And it was a fun conversation. Good way to get to know Kia more. So that's our, our best podcast from the year. And 
something else we released this year that's a best of is your favorite books. Um, do you want to run through that list, Chuck? Best books you read in 2017? Sure. People have always asked me for this because um, I reference a lot of books. Uh, I read a lot of books and people uh, always ask me e- either for recommendations or what have you. Um, so years ago, I started mm-hmm. saving. I, I, I tried to. Uh, save every book that I did, just write them down. Um, you know, put them, I, I started putting them on Pinterest actually. So I just have a file of them. And then at the end of the year, listing my top five, um, I went back and looked at some of the top five from a few years ago. And, uh, boy, my, my, my reading habits, they go in waves. You know, I get on like a, a, yeah. a set of topics and they kind of go in waves. So like, um, a couple of years ago, it was a lot of World War One. <laughs> Um, you know, kind of things. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, this year, um, my, my top book was The Righteous Mind by John Haidt. And if you've been here on the podcast or especially if you've been reading on our site, uh, some of the stuff that I've written about this year, I've probably, if you did one of those word, those word things where it's like, how many times does this word repeat? Word cloud. Yeah. yeah. Word cloud. Um, Jonathan Haidt would be in my word cloud for 2017, for sure. I, uh, oh, yeah. I had you guys watch some videos of his and we had uh, half a day at like one of our retreats where we just talked about the book. I, I bought the book for everybody mm-hmm. in the organization, but uh, I do think, you know, with the way that our society is structured right now and the places that we are struggling, uh, this book does more to explain that than anything that I've come across. And really at the end of the day, I feel like it's made me um, a better person. Uh, you can't say that about a lot of books, but this book has made me um, more patient, more understanding. Um, I think more tolerant uh, of people whose views I, I didn't grasp. I mentioned earlier, you know, the social justice uh, thing. I think, I think, you know, five years ago, I would have been someone who just like, oh, those people are dumb. Um, you know, if they said things in a way that didn't make sense to me. And, and now, uh, you know, and especially having read The Righteous Mind and some of Jonathan Haidt's other books, and, and also some of the, um, you know, just the books I've been reading the last three years about cognitive science and psychology, it's helped me to understand uh, in ways that just uh, you know, I, I think pure trying to have empathy didn't, it's helped me as you know, who I am, understand other people a lot better. And, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And, and if it does that for other people, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, the other books, um, kind of fall more into the, uh, the classic, um, nonfiction strain that I get into. There's a book called catastrophic care about the healthcare crisis, there's another one called Dreamland about the uh, opiate epidemic. Uh, these are both really well-written, uh, very compelling narratives about uh, I- issues that are front and center of our dialogue today. Um, I really mm-hmm. don't think the catastrophic care book blew my mind. And, and really, um, it, it, people tell me all the time when I go and give a talk, they'll say, boy, you you know, I've been kind of thinking about this for a long time, but I really wasn't able to put it into words. And you just came and said it perfectly when we do the curbside chat. Um, that's what I felt about this book. Like it took every misgiving I had about the healthcare debate in our country 
and explained it and then, you know, gave like, okay, here, here's, here's how we need to think about this. And here's what we need to do. Uh, it was brilliant. And, uh, dreamland is just a great story. I mean, the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the connection between the pharmaceutical industry and, uh, you know, the, um, I, uh, let me just put it this way. I kind of danced around this on my, on my write up about it. Um, I have a very close family member who suffers from chronic pain always has my entire mm-hmm. life. And this has been a huge struggle, just a, a, a huge struggle. Um, I remember when Oxycontin came out, I, re- I remember it clearly because things got a lot better. It changed things in ways that were noticeable, perceptible, um, and, and quite significant. And basically the book starts with that, that period of time, and then walks through yeah. how those changes then led us to, uh, really this, this epidemic of, of heroin and opiate addiction that is, you know, absolutely destroying large parts of the country. Um, Mm-hmm. It was it was really compelling to me because I have seen some of this and, and lived some of this and experienced some of this in a way that that maybe other crises that come up uh, I have not. And um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a compelling I thought it was a compelling story and, and tied a lot of things in that I know uh, to be true with a lot of things that I, I did not know. So, uh, mm-hmm. Homo Deus. Uh, I, all I got to say is if you want to take this book on like good luck um it's uh it is not a uh it every every page will blow your mind so you're going to struggle with that plus it's like 8000 pages long so it's not an, <laughs> it's not like an easy it's not like an afternoon read right this thing's going to kick your butt yeah but when you get done you're just going to be exhausted mentally and say, oh my gosh, the world is not as I think it is. If you're if you're going to read Homo Deus, go read Sapiens first, which is uh, Yuval Harari. It's his first book. Um, it's kind of yeah. like the preview to Homo Deus. But if you get through Sapiens and and that has changed you, then read Homo Deus because the whole idea is that humans are evolving into a different species. Um, we are no longer. In the future, we're going to cease being humans and start being something else. And uh, what is that something else going to be? And and how does this work? It's really not. Um, it, when I first like thought of this concept, I thought this is going to be like the singularity, and it's going to be one of these AI books. It is not at all. It is a deep, thoughtful, mm-hmm. uh, kind of um, contrarian and maybe a little bit cynical view. Uh, of the future, but I think a very like eyes wide open kind of thing too. Um, the last one I put on the list was the cognitive architecture book, and that's the name of it: uh, cognitive architecture, designing for how we respond to the built environment. This is a like three hour book. You can get through this really quickly. Um, it has just mm-hmm. like five key points to it, but those five key points are just mind blowing. And uh, you know, for anyone who's working with cities and want to build them for, for humans. Um, this is like a really good guide from a a realm that doesn't deal with the built environment. I mean, this is coming from psychology, but it's psychology looking at the way we build our cities and it just ties in a lot of, uh, I think practice of architects that were architectural practices, 
uh, where we didn't really realize they were also cognitive practices. And uh, this yeah. just ties a lot of that together. So yeah, great, fantastic book. I, I did wind up reading a lot of fiction this year. And part of it is because mm-hmm. the library uh, has a lot of fiction and not a lot of my kind of nonfiction. So we spent a lot of time at the library because it's just a quick walk up the street now. And I would just get a lot of, um, a lot of like, uh, you know, um, police uh, spy novels, a lot of um, like mystery novels, those kind of things. And they're fun. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I did get this one book called The Mandibles. And I can't remember where it was recommended to me, but it looked, um, it just looked interesting. Uh, Lionel Shriver, The Mandibles, A Family, 2029 to 2047. So it's projecting out in the future. And the, sub, mm-hmm. the subtitle on the front page of the book is In God We Trusted. And it's, it's basically like a dystopian, you know, here's America falling apart and here's what kind of happens. And I have to acknowledge that I have a part of that in me um, where I think about like, okay, stuff is not going well. It's falling apart. Like what becomes of all this? And there's a part of me that, uh, you know, in my dark times gets a little dystopian. And this book kind of tapped into that. Um, but it tapped into it in a... Um, in a way that was maybe more consistent with my values and outlook on the world than, uh, than it otherwise mm-hmm. would. So I found it to be a, uh, an interesting read, um, with, a with a, I won't give anything away with an, with an ending that kind of surprised me in, uh, in, hmm. in the way it turned out. So yeah, I, I would, if you're wanting to have a fun book, um, it's not necessarily always an uplifting book, but I thought it was, I thought it was fun and I enjoyed it and, and would highly recommend it. So that's the book list, uh, from 2017 for Chuck and I'll post links to that, uh, in the show notes. You asked me to talk about my favorite books. I'm not going to list all of them cause yeah. we're already running over on time, but I did want to highlight just one that I read, which did not come out this year by any means, but I read it this year. Um, okay. and, uh, it's, Krista Tippett's Speaking of Faith, Why Religion Matters and How to Talk About It. Um, And if you know me well, you know that I'm really fascinated by religion. Uh, And Krista Tippett's radio show On Being is the best podcast I listen to every week. Um, And I know that you and I (laughs) have talked about listening to that podcast as well. I listen to it because you do. You told me. And so I listen to it because you do. (laughs) And it drives me insane. I just, I, the podcast drives you insane. I don't get like her. Yeah. She drives me insane. I don't know what it is, but um, yeah. I, I, if you, if you like this book, I will read this book if you like it. Um, Yeah. So it's basically just like um, reflections on lessons that she's learned from all the amazing people that she's talked to over the years. So yeah. I recommend it, even if Chuck's not a fan. <laughs> I, um. I got to say, she does have fascinating guests, and her guests are really interesting. Yeah. I mean, she's gotten, like, the Dalai Lama on her show and stuff like that. Really yeah. amazing people who have done uh, amazing things throughout history. So I've just had to get used to her interviewing style, right? We, we talked well, about this. Okay, did you listen to anything besides the Jonathan Haidt podcast? Because that was a very unique podcast. That was that was a very unique. Interview. Oh no, I would I, I mean, not say that is standard. Okay, I just listened to the Tanahasi Coates one. Um, oh yeah, I need to do that. 
Oh yeah. No, it was great. I mean, it was fantastic, but it was fantastic because Coates is fantastic. I mean, really, I mean, the guys, Mm -hmm. the guys is brilliant in a way that is hard to, is hard to describe. Um, he was Mm -hmm. fantastic, but he, he, I think his interview kind of highlighted the awkwardness sometimes of her interview style, which is very like open-ended and rambling because he is, um, I mean, he would answer a lot of her questions with like, yes, or no, or like, I, I don't know. And then, you know, mm-hmm. cause she'll ask these like two minute long rambling questions and then he'll be like, no. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was, there was part of it that was kind of funny in that way because it's like, okay, um, she's expecting you to talk now for 10 minutes. And, uh, that's not the mm-hmm. way his mind is wired. And it's not the way my wa- mind is wired either. So I think I maybe struggle a little bit with her interview style in the same way that he did. But, uh, yeah, listen to that one. I thought it was great. I thought it was, I thought it was great. And you're right. She has fantastic guests. I think it'd probably make for a really good book. So I will check it out. All right. Well, I think that's, um, that's the main stuff I wanted to cover on our final podcast of the year. Anything I'm missing, Chuck? Anything you want to say to these people before we sign off for 2017? Yeah, I, I, want, I want to ask you a personal question. Can I do that? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> You started with Strong Towns uh, uh, like two years and and change ago, two Uh years and a few months ago. And uh, I know when I told you that I wanted you to host this podcast, um, that you had some like trepidation, like, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure I should do this. I'm not sure like this is um, we're now, you know, readers, uh, listeners are are hearing this. They become used to your voice. You are uh, a big part of our conversation. Uh, how do you feel about this? I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you feel about hosting the week ahead podcast? Um, um I you like know, it. Y- you've been doing this for a while now. Is this comfortable for you? Yeah, definitely. I've enjoyed getting to be better at podcasting through doing this podcast. Um, yeah, I like it. I wish there was a, a way to get feedback on it more thoroughly because I feel like we're just like talking into the abyss and I have no idea what our listeners are actually thinking. I mean, occasionally Welcome we'll, to we'll get comments. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. weird. Like, you know, when you write an article or even publish, you know, a stupid thing on Facebook, you will immediately get feedback written or at least like likes or downvotes or whatever. And podcasting right. is, it's different. So I wish we had that, but I do, I am continually pleased by meeting people at events or I call people up for like, you know, we've been doing some follow-up calls for people who need to renew their membership or I'm calling people for an interview or something and they'll say, oh, Rachel, I know you because I listened to your podcast and I'm like, okay, that's a little creepy, but that's cool. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, and really- people will show up at our events and say, Oh, I'm here because I heard about it on the podcast, which is great. I'm glad that that's been an outcome of this. And hopefully it's a way for, you know, us to be normal people that our listeners and members can feel like they know. Um, it's a little bit less yeah. formal than the Thursday podcast. So I like having that, that option. It, podcasting is speaking into the abyss. It is, it is very freaky. And, um, for a long time, I remember in the early days, uh, there were times where I said like, what am I doing? Like, why are we doing this? There's nobody yeah. listening. Anybody and listening? then, uh, yeah. And then you'd find people like, I, I have people all the time come up and say, I listen to the podcast religiously. Like I, I just can't wait for the next one to come out. 
Um, I will just say, I, I feel like you have gotten, I, I feel like you were good to begin with. I feel like you've gotten a lot better even and are really good. Thanks. And um, I appreciate you doing this. The only thing that bothers me, and I think we need to to change this for next year, is that you always say, uh, this is a week ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. And I've told you this before. I think that this is, I think that we're at the period of time where this needs to be this is the week I had podcast with Rachel Quinn now, and I've got, you know, <laughs> Chuck Perone here with me. I, you know, this is your production. Right. You do this. I just, I just like answer the phone and talk to you. Um, I feel like you, you own this thing now. I'll, I'll incorporate that when we uh, get our new theme music and I'll do a little intro overlaid on that. So <laughs> think about yeah, the wording. let's do that. That makes sense. Let's do that. So I'm going to vote against my own song now, and I'm going to vote for one of yours because I, I think that this is it's. I think we're at the time where this is your podcast, and uh, and and maybe it'll be you know the. I know sometimes we don't do this when I'm not here, like when I'm yeah. traveling or something. We don't. I, I think you should do this. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you should have other people on. I think you should. We. I think we should do it that way. Right. All right. So new plans for 2018. Yeah. And speaking of that. Everyone, please go vote at strongtowns.org slash survey. I thought you were going to say, speaking of that, you know, have a, have a blessed end of the year. And then you said, please go vote. And I'm like, wait a sec. <laughs> what did we come become like a politics podcast? Um, uh, my mind just didn't shift fast enough. So go vote for the pot, for the music you like and have a blessed uh, and peaceful end of the year. Right? Yeah. We'll see you back in yeah. 2018. Thanks so much. Yes. Thanks everybody for listening and, and being part of our conversation. I, I do hope you have a, a, a beautiful end of the year and uh, we look forward to, uh, to doing this all again next year. 2018 is going to be fantastic. We need your help. If you think the strong town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.